Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. As always, I'm your host, Matt Folks, joined this evening by my uh, normal wonderful co-host uh, in New York City, Mr. Jason Becker. Jason, how are you, bud? Um, I'm doing okay. So far, 2024 has gotten off to a great start, and hopefully it has for Foxes fans around the world. City fans, Leicester fans, however you refer to yourself. Yeah, whatever whatever hat you wear, hope the New Year's off to a good start. And we are also joined this evening, uh, very happily and, and honored to be joined by a frequent guest of the pod. He hasn't been on in a minute, though. Uh, your wonderful brother, Mr. Jordan Becker of the New York Foxes. What's up, Jordan? Hey, Matt. Hey, Jason. Well, you know, we're off to such a good start this year that we figured the New York Foxes and uh, the Becker Twins will give it to you in stereo uh, this time. We'll have both of oh, us yeah. on. I love it. We got lots to talk about, but I uh, definitely not only, you know, Happy New Year, but I'd be remiss if I didn't wish you both a belated uh, happy birthday. Yeah, well, good thing that this is just uh, audio today because I, I certainly do look uh, a whole year older, I think. It's showing already? Yeah, I think so. I think I've still got a little bit of glow going on from New Year's and uh, a few oh, big yeah. wins. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah, Hopefully, it's a fine uh, wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Some, some of that New York, uh, Northern New York. Uh, it's wine the water, man. It's the water. There. The water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it, boys. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, plenty to talk about, guys. Uh, since the last show, a uh, couple matches as as has been the normality of of the winter break and and how crazy these games come quick and fast but uh the boys you know just kept it going with wins over cardiff and huddersfield uh in both you know dominating fashion so it was uh wonderful to see yeah and i, and I have to say um we may have had it a little tougher than a lot of clubs so we did have a lot of travel uh, over the, the festive right. period especially so i know it was very difficult on the uh, on a lot of the fans to to make all of those trips and certainly the player is going a few hours, you know, each way for a few games. Um, that's a that takes its toll, uh, and so it was great to see us come out of that uh, festive period and, and and actually pick up ground on on everyone around us. Certainly, uh, a couple nice goals, uh, KDH with another one for himself, and then James Justin with just a hell of a goal. <laughs> Uh, one of the best we've seen from a left back in the Leicester colors in quite a while. What were your thoughts, Jordan, on the uh, Cardiff performance? You know, it was a solid, solid overall performance. And Jason mentioned a good point before about the travel. And, you know, after the first few minutes, there were a few sloppy touches, a few sloppy passes. That's sort of been a theme so far for us this season. It takes us a little bit of time to warm up. But I think once we did at Cardiff and once we... Um, you know, felt a little bit more comfortable. I thought we were buzzing. I definitely think we were good value for the win. And it wasn't just the the passing that, you know, Maresca Ball is has become famous for. It was the pressing. It was all of the work off the ball. And that first goal was all pressed, you know, from a, a goal kick. And it should have been nothing. But we hunted in packs. Fatawu ran across to the other side of the pitch to to help win the ball, and uh, Dewsbury Hall picked it up and and buried it. And I think that was just a fantastic way to set the tone. Uh, of course, the tone got a little bit higher when James Justin scored that beauty, but um, it was really encouraging to see that uh, the 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 players weren't going to take it easy in this one. They were going to try to keep up the high levels of intensity, keep up the work rate. Um, and really, for for once, try to get out there on the front foot and, and, and dominate a game on and off the ball. Yeah, Fatawu, uh, another incredible performance for him, lands him on the team of the week, uh, as along with KDH. And another strong performance from Fatawu, Jason. Uh, he just keeps, I mean, the love story continues. Yeah, the, I mean, the only thing that he's missing right now are a few few more goals, but we know they're coming. We've seen how close he can get, but he made both of those goals happen. You know, he won the ball back high up the pitch. Uh, just again, which is a complete terror up and down the right side. And I mean, let's take, you know, Vardy, Vardy aside and, and, and KDH is having an incredible season. Um, like 
if Fatau isn't one of your favorite players at this point, I don't know what to say. And and, and I know that, uh, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, with uh, AFCON and everything that's going on there. But we, you know, we always say not to fall in love with a lone player. But you know, he's clearly fallen in love with us. So it's only not only right; it's only proper for us to reciprocate. You almost pinch yourself at this point now, Jordan, when you're watching him because it, you, you don't want to compare, put too lofty expectations on him. But when we've been so barren at right wing for so long in this club for and just reaching out and begging for a player to just, you know, spring off the pitch a la that little Algerian wearing number 26 that we all remember just taking control of games and owning that side of the pitch. It's really been fun to watch him do his thing, hasn't it? It, it really has because he does a little bit of everything out there. You know, we were just talking a little bit before about um, his performance when it, with, with just the pressing and, and the endeavor off the ball uh, to help make those two goals. But th- that Cardiff game, he was undersold being on the score sheet with just with two assists. That felt like a penance. He had a performance I thought was worthy of maybe two goals and three assists, a crazy, like a 10 on who scored or whatever it was, because he was everywhere. Um, he's got a good first touch. He takes on defenders. His, it, he's really, as every week goes on, his defensive work is getting better and better. And again, like he's coming so close to those long range rockets that are going to fly in. I mean, you mentioned expectations and yeah, we do have to calm down a little bit, just be, not just because he's a lone player and obviously have some hurdles to jump through to, to get that deal done, but also because he, he's so young, you know, he's not even in his twenties. And uh, on the one hand, you never know what's going to happen with the player's development, but on the other, uh, it's almost frightening to think just how good he can be. Absolutely. Yeah. You combine that with just the infectious personality and, you know, maybe it's because last year we watched so many players just look like they didn't want to be here to see a player with his attitude that you could just tell he's loving life uh, in Leicester County. And it is just so refreshing to see. Yeah. He epitomizes the attitude that we've been, we're craving all last season. Right, we yeah. just wanted someone to look like they wanted to be there, and someone who looked like he wanted to play for the badge and play for the fans. And you know, he seems like he's got a new lease in life, and it just you know was not working out for him at Sporting for whatever reason. Um, and uh, he's has a new beginning, and he's really really embraced it. And uh, it also is extra sweet if we're you know going to pull a player like that from from sporting if we can possibly get him on a on a permanent because yeah. we we know what sporting have done to us in, in in the past uh if anyone hasn't been following there were all sorts of reports when, when we first signed him about clauses in the loan deal from sporting that would make this permanent and uh we've heard about you know if we're promoted but it it does seem like now there are a lot of credible sources reporting that if uh Patawa makes a certain number of appearances for us. I don't think we know the number just yet, or it's a percentage of overall appearances. And we get promoted that that would trigger a release clause for him that we could activate, almost an application to buy. And so, I mean, that would be an ideal situation, I, I think, for us. Pretty much what you've heard, Jordan, right along those lines. That's what I'm hearing too. You know, the number that's been getting bandied about is something like 17 million euros. Uh, there were Portuguese reports uh, when we signed him. My Portuguese, uh, unfortunately, isn't the best. Um, so kind of relying <laughs> on, on Google Translate to pick up the slack a little bit over here. Uh, some of the reports in Portugal were indicating that um, it was in um, either going to be an obligation or a um, an option, or maybe they were just saying obrigado, and I just misunderstood it. But <laughs> uh, if if any of those conditions happen, but there seem to be there seems to be while I don't have the the agreement in in, in front of me, and um, I think Sporting will probably leak what whatever's official whenever it's convenient 
to them. Yeah. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of smoke going around um, on this one that's suggesting that there should be at least some sort of option um, based on certain benchmarks that that I'm just not hearing for like, for example, the um, the the Cassidy loan or the Eunice Akun loan. So there seems that there really is something over here that that could be there could be a future here. Yeah, there there were certainly plenty of reports about a similar clause being in in the Eunice deal, and so that can lead to all sorts of speculation about maybe the number of appearances that we've seen from him. Uh, so a lot of report, all of the reports out of out of um, out of Ghana were that you know, Fatawa was given the option to go with the team, and he chose not to. I think knowing that he wouldn't play a lot at Afcon but really not wanting to take any chances and wanting to make sure that he met that minimum appearance clause so we would go by it, which I mean, as, yeah. as if we needed another reason <laughs> to love him. I mean, yeah. just stack them up, stack them up next, you know, all, all, all that's missing from the resume is, you know, saving a puppy from a burning building, which it, you know, I'm just waiting for Jordan Blackwell to have that report uh, any, at any time. So uh, love the boy. Uh, let's talk a little bit, though, about the AFCON squad because, or who we may or may not be losing. Because when we, we looked at that Huddersfield lineup, uh, it was very, uh, in my opinion, it was very clear that Enzo was like, all right, I got to got to plan ahead a little bit here to guys that we might be missing uh that i mean injury also allowed a little bit of uh or guys coming back from injury i should say we saw callum doyle come back uh we see tom cannon uh get a start i think you know now that the we've heard that indeedy is he's a no-go that is correct yes he's been replaced on the nigeria squad uh we don't know what the severity of the injury is and we probably won't I'm going to guess we're not going to get anything until perhaps you know Friday if Enzo does a pre-mill wall presser. Um, but but all we know right now is that he was considered not fit for for Afcon. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, guys, let's just look at it this way: we were you know in fear of losing Indidi, Ianacho, Daka, and Fatawu. maybe Fatawu, right? And then also losing Sutar to the uh, Asian Cup. Right, right. So now fast forward and it looks like Nacho and or questions is that we don't I don't think there's any been any confirmation that he's with the squad or not. And so I think we're gonna have to wait to see um what Enzo comes out and says in the next day or so. Um, because he was just posting Instagram stories training at Seagrave, trying to rehab from the injury, um, and, and not with the Nigerian team. So I don't know, man. Like, I yeah. don't know where he is. Where in the world is Kalechi Iheanacho? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any report. There was uh, some reports from Nigeria, from the uh, coming around the national team that were saying that he was supposed to meet with them in, in Dubai or Carter, wherever their training camp was, and he'd be evaluated there. But we didn't get any confirmation that he's actually went there. And Jason makes a good point. It's, you know, not exactly, you know, going from Seagrave to Leicester, uh, getting out to the Middle East for your training yeah. camp. And we all know international travel, yeah. Nacho, passports. There's hey, it's not, it's not a strong every, every possibility <laughs> that he's fine and ready to go with them, but then just needed an extra day to find his passport. Yeah. So we're I guess we're in a holding pattern over here with this one. Yeah, so it turns out that, I mean, we could theoretically only lose DACA, it looks like. I mean, or it's looking like that. I mean, besides Suter, obviously, for the Asian Cup. It's possible. You know, the only thing that I would hope is that any of those injuries aren't going to be long-term injuries. Yeah, right. um, and so he's very he keeps his cards very close to the chest, uh, with his chest when it comes to injuries. He just kind of says... Oh yeah, he's injured. He's not in the squad, and then he might say, "Oh, it is days or it's weeks," and then you know we'll find out what happens. The only sort of one that I, I think he started talking about that wound up being a good timeline was maybe like Callum Doyle, who sort of came back around the time that he expected him to come back. He mentioned a few months, but but everything else, he'll just sort of oh, it'll be you know a few, it'll be a week or two weeks, and. 
then a week or two weeks goes by and it's, eh, you know, it'll be a week or two weeks. So we'll, uh, we, you know, as much as we may know during his, if he does a press conference, we still might not know if you, if you get what I mean. Well, I, I think if there's one thing that like really encourages me and makes me feel good about the state of, of the club, you know, certainly being in this division, the spirit of big Nige and dealing with African FAs is still <laughs> alive. And we have players yes. suddenly dropping out the injuries and then hopefully we see them pop up and play with us. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Fatawa went full Nige, full big Nige yes. on the Ghanaian oh. FA and just said he was just going to stay with us. So, um, and, and we know uh, Pearson's track record uh, with us in, in, in the championship around that time too. So, Yeah. And, and these, you know, the Ian Nacho and Ndidi injuries and stuff, they, they happened out of nowhere. Yeah, right? I mean, okay, maybe if you look back at Yanacho's cameo at, at Portman Road, yeah, yeah, maybe was... an injury could be a little bit of an excuse for why he just had such a negative effect on the game. But it, it did feel like there were maybe some shenanigans going on that Enzo was maybe playing hardball uh, with the Nigerian FA. So he's got one person, uh, one of the two back. Let's see if he can go two for two here. Well, it'll be interesting, and and like we said, we we knew right away that Enzo was looking ahead to things, and and maybe it was a bit of that, but also um, the fact that maybe he was just healthy again. But Tom Cannon gets his first start against Huddersfield, and you want to talk about a guy taking an opportunity by the reins and absolutely crushing it. Uh, it was awesome to see. Uh, he scores just a beautiful strike. I mean, and let's, let's be real guys. The first 30 minutes of that match was pretty tough to watch. And then Thomas uh, turns and just launches a little laser into the bottom corner. The kind of goal that you're constantly crying out for your strikers to just shoot it instead of this, you know, tippy tappy trying to find the perfect shot. The kid just lets a laser loose and it was a hell of a shot, Jason. Yeah. I think we were always going to start a little slow there considering the mid midfield that we played, you know, to have Cassidy, Eunice and Winks um, there in the midfield you know, they don't play together very often, right? So it's always going to take take some time. And we're losing a lot of that, you know, the athletic and physical attributes that that KDH and, and, and Ndidi bring to the table. So I think it was always going to be a slower start. But then, I mean, Cannon, like, I mean, he, he suits his name pretty well because – the way he turned and took that shot and the amount of power that he was able to get on that finish in the first goal without really getting to really run on the ball. It was just a really nifty turn and 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 quick fire shot from you know what around the 18-yard box. It was a it was a hell of a finish. And right away you can see like, oh, he adds a little something uh to the side that we don't have right now up top. He's big, he's strong. He's not, and he's not afraid to kind of to use that against defenders. Yeah, he just does. He's just just a different, <laughs> a different beast out there. He's so it's such a different play style than what we're we've kind of grown accustomed to. There, it, it's it's a bruiser almost kind of style, Jordan. Yeah, and there were you can tell just how eager he was to get going. You know, what did he say when he first came and he did his interviews? You know, what do you bring to the team? Very, It's now become famous um, goals, right? And then in his first few appearances, especially if some of the games were um, a little bit, you know, we had the lead and he was coming on. He was just really eager to make an impact. Every time the ball was near him, he was shooting. Not even thinking about it. As soon as he saw the ball was coming to him, he was trying to get a shot. He was really eager. Uh, but I think this was really good to give him a start and to let him go uh, for 90 minutes because, you know, it shows that you have to pace yourself as a striker. Uh, it's, you know, sometimes even the best strikers in the world might not do a whole lot for 85 minutes. But for those five minutes that they're out there, um, where where they have an opportunity to really impact the game, they make a difference. Uh, so he was patient. Uh, as much as he was doing a good job running off the ball and trying to link up, even if he wasn't touching the ball, uh, I think he did a good job waiting for the game to come to him. Um, and maybe it took about 30 minutes for that to happen. But when it did, it was just a perfect 
little bit of luck that the ball went to him right there in a perfect opportunity. And he just looked like somebody who knew where the net was. And as soon as the ball hit that net, you could just feel something clicking. He was like, all right, okay, I'm comfortable over here. I've got my first. I'm going to go get another one. Yeah, confidence is everything with those strikers. And it's a great shout, too. I mean, how many times do we hear, like, strikers need games to get into form? So to see them, you know, give him the chance and to see him just grab it, it's, it's just so good to see. And, I mean, let me take a step back here, guys, and just look at the striker situation as a whole. Um, two weeks ago, Jason, we were talking about, you know, how DACA was going to be shopped and sent off and – Fast forward now, and Bards is kind of playing a you know leader cheerleader role on the bench, kind of keeping the boys stoked and and ready when needed. Uh, Nacho is playing some of the worst form football that we've seen. I mean, that was just a pathetic um, attempt that we saw in in his game last week. And now fast forward, and it looks like we've got Cannon and Daka as as our two guys going. It's just crazy to see where we've come. Yeah, um, <laughs> all of our strikers seem to go through like little purple patches, like their own little purple patches, and then they fall off. But someone has always been there to kind of uh, take take the opportunity. So, you know, Barty and Ianacho were kind of trading starts for a while. And, you know, both were playing some, some decent football for a bit in, earlier in the season. And then once those goals dry, dried up a bit, out comes, you know, Daka out of nowhere and is a looks like a revelation and scoring goals and, and his movement off the ball, like seemed to just unlock and open up a different uh, dimension to, to, to our game and made us a lot more, uh, a lot quicker, a lot more direct and helped us attack up the middle of the pitch a lot more, which we weren't doing. Um, and then now, you know, that is going to be gone now. He's, he's off to to AFCON and I don't think we were expecting Tom Cannon to have to step in at this point of the season. It does seem like small indications that Cannon was brought in to be a long-term solution and a long-term project. We brought him in. We knew he had the broken back. We said, okay, you know, it's no rush here, but you know, Vardy was on his customary Christmas New Year's break which he does, you know, each year. So, and which he's entitled to. I don't really know what's going on with, with his injury, but even if he's not injured, go on, have, go have yourself a few weeks off. Barnes, yeah, do your thing. And, um, you know, Ianacho having some trouble. And like Jordan said, there could be an injury issue. There could have been an injury issue with him for a bit, which is why he was, you know, maybe not playing, you know, up to his top level. And, uh, we're going to have to probably ride on, you know, um, uh, on Cannon's back for a little while, uh, especially as we try to navigate through January and this, you know, AFCON period without, without DACA. Jordan, the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly encouraged that um, he not only looked at, really up for it. Yeah, he got better and better. I thought as the game went yeah, on too. Uh, and that he had a 90-minute performance. So fitness-wise, I think it's good for us to see him have that kind of performance because Enzo does like to change, uh, use a striker substitution for one of his five. But uh, if Cannon could go 90 minutes, he may very well need to go 90 minutes for uh, a few of these games. Uh, so I'm certainly encouraged that um, that he looked good. Um, that his um, you know fitness levels were good. He looked fast. He looked strong. The second goal, I think, was a fantastic example of that. Something that we maybe hadn't gotten an opportunity to see in his in his past few cameos. But I think this took our uh, you know our impression of him to a whole nother level as well. Yeah. And even with a little bit of swagger, you know, trying uh, you know that bicycle kick, you know, towards the end a little bit too. So. Um, this is right now he's got the keys to the car and he seems like he's ready to take this into top gear and, uh, and drive it in January. 
Yeah, dude. I think the thing I love most were like both of his goals were just really good striker finishes. Like, how many times have we seen that when you know the striker gets in and it's just him and the keeper, and you know either puts it right at the goalie or he hits the post. This year we've hit the post so many fucking times. Uh, so to see him just coolly pump that thing between the legs was pretty awesome. Um, so I mean, we might have something here. I know there were more than one fan, uh, Everton fan, that were pissed off to see him go and thought that he never really got a fair shake in that system so man it would be just incredible to have another strong english striker again uh especially one that could just sit there and learn under vard yeah and he completely bullied the defender on that second goal of his it was yeah. great to see and so he's described himself as a kind of a vardy-ish kind of player and that vardy was one of his inspirations and a lot of people have said that there were um a lot of comparisons, but I don't know. He might be a little bit more of a bully out there. Um, you know, he might be in the mold of like a poor man's Holland or, or something like that, or, or bigger Throwing around, or yeah. physical striker who can kind of, um, you know, unleash a quick shot, but then also just like, just run you over. Yeah. Now uh, something that I would just briefly add is Jason, you know, had mentioned earlier that, you know, our strikers do go through their purple patches and then they go through, you know, a little bit of slumps as well. And, you know, just a little bit over half the season, we've had four strikers and every single one of them has had an opportunity where it's like, oh, well, he's got the starting job, has a few good games, yeah. but then falls off a little bit. Um, and so I, on the one hand, like I do want to be a little bit wary that, you know, sometimes that that this what's happened to the other three strikers could happen to Cannon too. And also because he's young. Yet Cannon he's was highly rated by a lot of other if not by Everton themselves, then they're certainly by by people around Everton. And and he looked good for Preston last year. He looked yeah. clinical. And I think he got more and more comfortable with more of those you know, real striker instinct type finishes as that season gone on as well. So this is somebody that's done it at this level before. Uh, so that gives me a while, you know, I'm certainly curious, you know, wor wary that strikers can, you know, go up and down. I at least have a little bit more confidence with Cannon, knowing that he already has that body of work. Well, I think the thing is too, there's no pressure on him right now, right? We're, we're top of the division. We're 10 points up on second, what, 13 points up on third? And all he has to do is just keep us rolling through AFCON. That's it. Like, that's that's all he has to do right now. So it's like, hey, man, like, there's no pressure. Just go out there and play. Do your thing. Yeah, I was also impressed the fact that he was able to, you know, have the awareness to stay on side for that second goal. Because, you know, how many times have we seen, you know, where it's just not just one step too far? Or it's just so... Yeah, all, all of the above I was very stoked about. You know, I thought he had the presence of mind to stay onside for his third goal, but <laughs> I guess the linesman thought oh, that he had just straight. <laughs> that looked – oh, that would yeah, have been something. Pretty close. But, yeah, that was very close. Uh, also had a nice uh, Ricky P goal. Anytime we get a Ricky P goal, I'm a big fan of those. Good to see him scoring. And then Mavaditi burying a free kick. Uh, dude, I, the guy's game just keeps evolving every week, Jason, we got more shit to talk about him. And again, I feel like, you know, we led with Fatalwu again and Mavi's again, the forgotten man that's just getting it done in the background for us and more proof of that, uh, in that game. Which is incredible because I think he's our leading goal scorer right now. Yep. This season. Yep, he is. And, um, he's been just a consistent performer now the goals are finally coming for him and um he just he performs up and down his flank he makes defensive plays and he gets up there and he's always involved in in the attacking third so he's turning out to be a really great you know complete winger and i don't i mean we haven't had a set of wingers like this in, in a very long time and um He's also showing that he's, you know, got some wits about him. And, and you know, people forget, man, this guy, like, Mavadidi's been around for a while. He was in the Arsenal Academy. He went to Juventus. Like, this this guy, like, there's definitely a player in there. And, like, top size in the world 
you know, we're, we're monitoring him. And there's something about his game and something about his intelligence, I think, that uh, I think we're finally starting to see. I mean, he picked up right away that, um, um, you know, that there was, uh, weren't laying a defender across the back of the wall there. You know, and it's like, and, and just, all right, you're going to give him that opportunity. He's just going to take it. Yeah. Jordan, your thoughts on uh, the young man from Derby? There's certainly a lot, a lot to like. Um, and he does a lot of other things that really helps the team too. It's not just the off the ball movement, but the, he has a good knack to sense when, okay, let's say if maybe the passing isn't as fluid, or maybe we're starting to have a little bit of trouble handling press from a certain team that, that he can be that outlet that, that you can give him the ball, he can hold it for a little bit, buy his teammates some time to get into the play, or maybe it's his time that, you know, I'm going to take my defender one-on-one, whether it's down, and he'll do what he does around um, as you get closer to the goal line. He'll do that at midfield as well uh, to, to try to, to to get some space, buy some time, create an attacking chance really out of nothing as well. So I really like that he's fit in so well with Enzo Moresco's very methodical style, yet he also has a creativity about him. Um, and he has great vision to understand usually when it's time to deviate from that script and do something a little bit different that is going to help his team. I uh, take taking a look then at the uh, team of the week after that performance. Uh, Tom found himself right in there in the striker position, and uh, James Justin also made it in after another great performance. Uh, just worked his ass off once again, Jason. Yeah, well, we were starting to see glimpses of the old JJ. He looks very fit. He looks fast again, and is getting involved and and. Um, getting his chances and i think that's a really good sign for any any fullback but particularly justin you know when he's getting involved offensively when he's getting his name on the score sheet um so, you know in, in weeks that means he's got the legs to to run up and down the pitch and he's feeling like physically feeling very healthy and i think enzo deserves a lot of credit for how he's managed both Justin and Ricardo, because we have to remember Ricardo had a horrendous, you know, injury history with us as well. And so by moving Ricardo into that position where he doesn't have to bomb up and down the wing all day and he can slot into the um, into the defensive midfield role, I think has saved Ricardo's legs and maybe saved his career. And then with Justin, I think earlier in the season, when Justin was getting starting to get his opportunities, we did we were very patient with him with Doyle um, playing there. But then you know Enzo wasn't afraid to like slot in a square peg in a round hole to give Justin the breaks that he needed to to put someone else in that position. Whether it's Foss, whether it was Chowdhury earlier in the year, you could see that like Enzo knew that like we just cannot just play him three games in a week. You can't do that. You have, we're going to have to build up his fitness, build up his strength again. And um, it seems to have done a, a really massive job with, with JJ. He's healthy. He's playing like his old self. And I don't think there's any question like of a, a fully fit and confident. James Justin is just plain and simple, a premier league quality left back. Um, it has been proven. And I, for what is insanely excited uh, to just see his ascension continue, because I think the sky's the limit for the kid. Yeah. And, and I, I know we were, you know, we, we all like Doyle a lot and, uh, but you know, if if Justin is healthy, for me, this is that's his role. That's his spot on the, in the starting eleven. Jordan, you in agreement? Mostly, one thing that is a little bit different, of course, is that Doyle is is left footed, and there are going to be sometimes where we do need to have that. Although, you know, Justin, of course, has played you know right back and left back plenty of times before. Uh, one thing that 
I think has been really noticeable about Justin, you know, from the beginning of the year to now also too, is just how much more comfortable he does look in Enzo Mariska's system. Uh, it is a little bit imbalanced. You know, we ask one wing back to invert into the, the middle of the park and then the other one will be, you know, staying around uh, the touchline. But Justin, in his first few appearances in the, the, fullback role that's the more conventional style position wasn't really getting up the pitch as much as he used to and I don't know how much of that was fitness I don't know how much of that was just a level of comfort but whatever those inhibitions were I don't see them anymore out there with him uh, he he's getting forward uh, effectively but also responsibly uh, as well yeah, I think, well, I'll say this, it, that lack of uh, left foot, uh, quote unquote, didn't hurt his uh, goal ability at all. He did bent that right foot from the left corner. That thing was beautiful. Oh, I think it came down with snow on it. It was so high before it tipped down. It was awesome. So, yeah, uh, very, very stoked to see him uh, continue to um, improve and, and and take his game to the next level under Enzo. Um with that, guys, I think we can start to look ahead to uh, our FA Cup match on Saturday at the Den in London against Millwall. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Jason. Your thoughts heading into this. Is this, you know, a championship club in the FA Cup, uh, especially one that's performing on the level we are? You really got to ask that uh, time-old question. How much... Are you, are you putting into this one? Do we go for it? Do we? Uh, what What are your opinions here? Absolutely, it's the it's the FA Cup that you know we won it recently. We should feel like we can beat anyone that's in our division. We go to play there, so we yeah we should go for it. The games aren't going to come as thick and fast, and I think there's an, another reason why we should win it. Because if any of our players make it deep into AFCON and we get to the next round of the FA Cup, then we could possibly have a league fixture moved to accommodate that. So um, I think we should go for it. It's kind of a bummer that it's, you know, that it's no wall away. Um, right. We could sell out our, our, our allocation. And that's the side that we just played. So that kind of like takes a little bit of the um, buzz i think out of the game but and it's an early kickoff which is going to be pretty brutal for folks um not only in san diego who have to watch that game at 4 30 <laughs> in the morning but certainly those folks uh in leicester that are going to have to travel down to uh to, to millwall for, for that game but i am never not excited for an fa cup game like i don't care who we're playing it's the trophy that as long as I've been a Leicester fan, it's the trophy that I always wanted. You know, I never considered the the Premier League um, an, um, an option until the season when we won it. Right? It just was such a far fetched. Um, yeah, no one did. About, but it was the FA Cup that I always wanted, and you know, we had set the record for most FA Cup finals without ever winning one, and then we finally did win that FA Cup in 2021. And I think you know, let's. Give the fans, you know, those opportunities again to to go to those games or to host a big club or to go to, you know, a Premier League club. Also, it'd be fun to stay in the tournament and see kind of how we stack up against a, a Premier League side. You know, for for this one, I look. I'm not going to be too thrilled if Millwall approached the game with the same way that that they approached when they came to the King Power. Um, uh, I thought it was absurd that they, they scored two goals. They weren't really interested in playing a whole lot of football. That was just, you know, a lot of running around kicking people. But, hey, that's that's English football. That that happens, especially if you're an overmatched team like Millwall. That's just part of something you have to deal with. My feeling about this particular tie is a little bit more nuanced. I do think that there should be some rotation. But I also think that we can – 
put in a few new players into the starting eleven, maybe give one or two players a rest, and we should still have more than enough quality to go out there and, and win. We travel well as a team. We're really good away. Uh, we have good depth, even with a few players missing. Uh, I think maybe this could be a game where we put Stolarczyk back out there. Perhaps Ben Nelson can get some minutes. I think that maybe this could be a time for Connor Cody. But outside of that, I don't really see that we need to make too many changes. And I think that even with just those names out there, that's enough that we should still be favorites in this one. I, I'm putting Hamza Chowdhury out there for against a team like that that wants to go around and and you know if you want to go around and, and kick our players. Then you, you know you're gonna you're gonna feel it from Hamza as well. And, I, I and think a player that, that's not going to back down, that's not going to be afraid of the situation too. I think that'll be really key, especially if we do rotate and put in some of the younger players like Nelson. I would be 110% in favor of Mareska selecting Hamza, maybe giving him the captain's armband as well. As a, if anyone's listening, as you can tell that, that uh, we were all uh, grew up as ice hockey players here. So that's a bit of an <laughs> old school ice hockey mentality. Got to have a goon out there out for there. sure. Um, I, uh, I, I do think an interesting stat for you guys. Millwall has not lost a match since, uh, they lost to us. Actually, they are on a bit of a run. I don't know what's going on there, but they're playing decent football right now. So it's certainly not going to be, uh, a walk in the park for us. It let alone the fact that they're going to be up for it because it's at the den. And also, you know, we're the number one team in the league. And whenever, you know, that we face that, we talk about it time and time again, guys are going to be putting on performance of their life. Leicester have reached at least the fourth round of the FA Cup in six of the last seven seasons. They failed only in that horrible 2018-19 season. Uh, they did lose in the third round of their last campaign as championship side, going down 2-1 to one in Stoke in 2013-2014. Uh, they have lost their last four home matches in the FA Cup. And, uh, yeah, having lost their first two FA Cup games against Leicester in 1934 and 1969, Millwall have won their last three against the Foxes. Most recently, a one nothing home win in the fifth round in 2016-17. Oh, that was, that was yeah. awful. I mean, for us, to go in there as the um, title holders to lose that game and to have, like, their fans invade the pitch, it was just, like, it's yeah, that, that one stunk. And, yeah, so and there were actually some Millwall fans uh, watching that one at the factory with us. There was a very short-lived Millwall NYC group. Wow. Tell us more incredible. about that. Um, and, and so things were starting to get a little testy between between us and them because, you know, they, they certainly can't help themselves. But within, I think, a month of that game, their group had completely disbanded because they were – that was like a giant brawl between their own members – fighting each other, and I think the head of the group um, wound up getting deported for assaulting his roommate. Oh, okay. Well, at least they were staying true to form with, uh, you know, the real Millwall over there. Jordan, did you, you remember anything about that group? Um, I do remember being very irritated that day, not just by, you know, what was to our left, but certainly what was on TV with – Ben Chilwell and Malawagwe. Ben Chilwell on the throw-ins and Malawagwe. Yeah. I guess that might have been his last game with us. And I think Luis Hernandez was in that one, and you know he was just you know he was way too pretty for for oh, a rough and tumble battle like that one. So yeah, that was uh, that was not quite the get into them fuck about Leicester City that that I grew up with. We were just not up for a fight in wow. that one and. Yeah, it was not a good day. That that team was way too soft for that for that situation. Yeah. And my, my since you brought up his name, my theory about why the Luis Hernandez transfer was such a failure was that he was just just way too handsome to to be a Leicester City player. I do you Matt you mentioned uh you know one other time we went there, uh, played them in the FA Cup 1969. Well, let's hope that this year's FA Cup is at least closer to 69 than 20. <laughs> the, tw the, that, La that the last season. time we had made the, the final, right? Until we until we won it. Correct. Well, yeah, as Jason alluded, it is an early kickoff, guys. So uh, San Diego Foxes, no meetup for us, uh, unless you guys just want to come over to my apartment you're more than welcome uh 4 30 a.m kick here in san diego that means 
We've got a 7.30 kick on the East Coast at Legends in New York City. Uh, I'm assuming you guys will be there for that. The football factory will absolutely be open downstairs, and we will be there oh, for yeah. the game. So if you're in New York, come down. And you know, if you're in New York and you can't sleep and you wake up early, or if you've been out all night and you just want you know, to find the after-after party, we'll, we'll be there. That'll be awesome. So, yeah, guys, if you're near there, I know that uh, our friends up in Rochester, they'll be having an event as well. If you're near Rochester, New York, go hang out with those boys because they are, and girls, they are an incredible bunch up there. It just looks like such a fun time every time they post a picture. So shout out to our Rock Foxes for sure. And I, you guys have had a few of them come down to New York, I know, Jordan. So we we have a, um, well, we, we, we love them the Rochester Foxes uh, and and the Mullings family who, who started that group up there. They've just been awesome friends of ours for, for a long time. Um, there's a shirt actually um, um, up at the football factory, which is uh, a gift from the, uh, the portion of the Mullings clan who are still over in, in, in Leicestershire. And so that was, the, it's 125th anniversary shirt signed by the sign. Oh, the gold and, badge. It was a result of a, of a t-shirt trade um, or a shirt trade actually at the end of the game, which was, it was amazing. It was like one of the kindest things that, uh, you know, a visiting fan had, had done. And, and certainly we've stayed in touch with, with their crew um, for years, you know, since then. And then um, one of our, you know, most loved New York Foxes, Giovanna is, uh, is from up there has family up there and she's often visiting her family and, and, when she goes up to town, or even or Craig's with her too, they uh, they always make sure to catch games with the, with the Rock Foxes. So I am overdue. I think I do, do need to make a little bit of a uh, make a road trip up. Maybe we'll put a bunch of folks in a uh, in a car and, and drive up there to Rochester and watch the game. With them. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, shout out to Craig and Giovanna. They are also honorary San Diego Foxes. They are, yeah. She has um, family in San Diego too. <laughs> they are. I mean, they're going to like get the whole card punched of like every <laughs> single U.S. based lesser. Yeah, I don't know if they've done Philly yet. They they um they probably need to hit that up as well. And uh, I'm sure get, get, get over there. They've they've got everything else pretty much uh pretty much filled in. So um, on that note, guys, anything else that uh, we want to cover in the pod before we send? Our wonderful U.S. Fox is off, Jordan. It's been just awesome to have you tonight, man. Thank you so much for doing this. It's, it's like the old days when you just have you pop in. It is. But, you know, just like the old days, uh, we're having a good year in the championship. So it's glad to, you know, throw it back <laughs> a, a little bit. Uh, but also the old days of us maybe being towards the top of the league uh, as well in the Premier League, too. So good to have uh, the team doing well and us have some good time over here. Uh, the only other quick thing that, that I'll just add, you know, to build on the FA Cup weekend is that, yeah, there's definitely a little excitement. The FA Cup third round's already started. And, uh, this weekend, FA Cup third round weekend, is just always something that I figuratively circle on my calendar, you know, every year. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that might be a little bit more newish to uh, to this sort of a thing, it's just fantastic. You have all the teams that uh, have made it from non-league through the qualifying rounds in the first and second round to get to the third round. Um, uh, and also the League uh, 2 and League 1 teams. Uh, you've got some, you know, games that are real david versus goliath battles you also have some you know derbies that that were uh tied together in this one as well and the games are just going to be on you know it's saturday um the it's a 12 30 kickoff is the earliest kickoff uh in the uk which is 7 30 eastern 4 30 and then the games just keep going all day and they're all available on espn plus too not only that but we're looking at probably a snowstorm over here on oh, the right. east coast uh, and maybe some other places as well so Damn. um yeah. hey if you want to just sit down and just watch you know football all day and and, and watch some history uh and watch some great matchups as well see some grounds and some teams maybe you haven't seen like this is what it's all about then yeah go for it you could probably watch four games in a row uh, on saturday and then a few more on sunday and, and really get into the, the magic of the fa cup 
the, the closest comparison to this in American sports might be the early rounds of the NCAA tournament. But the differences here is that, you know, um, not every one of these teams is, you know, particularly accomplished to the season. Some have just kind of made it kind of sometimes luckily into this round uh, of the FA Cup. And the games are actually, you know, at the home stadiums of, of these teams. So right. you can see some some pretty big clubs playing at some small, small venues or some small clubs playing at some big venues. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun and the games come thick and fast throughout the weekend. So um Hopefully, hopefully everyone's feeling a little, a little bit more jazzed up about the FA Cup now that uh, Jordan went through that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, uh, as always, for joining us here on the U.S. Foxes podcast, guys. means the world to us that you spend a little bit of time each week with us. Once again, thanks to Jordan for joining us this evening. It was awesome. What's that, Jace? Oh, yeah. You know, I was just thinking, oh, we do have an idea for, for maybe a recurring segment featuring Jordan. So okay. If you guys out there, you know, don't have, haven't been able to get it, didn't get enough of your Jordan fix, we're going to do our best to kind of convince him maybe to, to come on for maybe not every week, but for, for kind of a recurring segment we've yes. been around. No pressure, Jordan. Yeah, you might be seeing some more of him, huh? I might have to be seeing some more of my Of Fossils and Foxes book. <laughs> And really bone it up on my lesson city history. Yeah, we would uh we would absolutely love to have a feature here where we call I don't know, we've thrown some names around. Beat the Becker, uh that would be a good one. But uh our boy is the unofficial uh official uh US Foxes historian for Leicester City. So uh we would love to maybe get something like that. Uh, hey, like I'd say those those uh FA Cup stats and facts you were just rolling out to are pretty damn impressive too. So it sounds like you're coming for the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we'll see we'll see guys um but yeah on that note thank you as always for joining us on the us foxes podcast and uh yeah from akron to Aylstone, we will see you next week on the us foxes podcast cheers